We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Someone said early in this conversation, I think before we even started, Brian, someone said this staff can't develop quarterbacks. And I was just like, how do you know that exactly? Gino Gadouli just got here a few months ago. Like, you don't know if he can he's only developed. He's only had one quarterback in his whole coaching career. Yeah. And that guy's starting in the NFL right now, I yeah. believe. Correct. And Desmond and I, Ritter. And I think Atlanta is willing to pass on a quarterback at eight, potentially, if the one is there because they like Desmond Ritter so much. So, I mean. Well, so so he was unwise, listed but... as an athlete by 247 Sports. He was yep. ranked l- like in the thousands as a high school recruit. Nobody thought Desmond Ritter was going to come to Cincinnati and be an NFL player. But Gino Gadouli coached him for four years and turned him into what? Third third round draft pick? Second round draft third pick? Round, third, third round draft third pick? Round. And yeah. a guy that started as a rookie. So um, he he knows how to do it. So I'm going to say Gino doesn't know how to do it because Brian Kelly and Tommy Reese hadn't shown that ability. Right. You, you just, you, you can't, you can't put that on him. He, that's not right. his, it's not his development track. That's like, like he, saying that Harry Heastan can't coach a good offensive line because he inherited a bad one. Right. Right. Like that. I just, I don't like, look, somebody says 15 years of mediocre Kubik, Kubik with a great town. The room is definitely a trend. I, yeah, we've been talking about that. How long have we been talking about that? But, it's but not the a guys that have Gino done that Gadouli. are not freaking here. Yes, exactly. The coaches responsible for developing the quarterbacks right now have never coached a single game in their current roles at Notre Dame. Jared Parker's only coached one guy at Notre Dame, and he's about to be a first-round draft pick, a tight end. Gino yeah. Gadouli has never coached a game at Notre Dame, and the only quarterback he's ever coached more than a year at Cincinnati is now starting in the National Football League after being ranked in the thousands coming out of high school. So Tommy Reese is not the quarterback's coach. Brian Kelly's not the head coach. What happened in the – that's like me saying, no, 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 no. They're very good at developing quarterbacks. Well, what makes you say that, Brian? Well, Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen. I mean, if we're going to do that and play that game, why can't I talk about that being part of this history? If we're going to talk about coaches that aren't here anymore, then why don't we talk about Charlie Weiss, who who's both of his two – only two quarterbacks that he ever coached are a first and a second-round draft pick and the two most prolific passers in the history of Notre Dame football, Right? But he's not here anymore. Yeah. Neither's Tommy Reese, neither's Brian Kelly. Neither's 
uh, what was the guy's, uh, you know, Matt LaFleur, uh, neither's Charlie Molnar, neither's Chuck Martin, neither's anyone else that's been Peter Voss, neither's any other guy that's been responsible for the development or lack thereof. That is a problem in Notre Dame, but that's not something that is relevant to the current coaches. Now they need to prove that they can do it. We're not sitting there saying, Absolutely. oh, Gino's going to do a great job. I don't know, but I'm also just, not putting on his shoulders against him, what right? other coaches. Exactly, Ryan. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Just like I'm like, well, Mike Elko sucks as a D coordinator. What makes you say that? Because did you see what the defenses were the three years before? They were terrible. Yeah. You know, well, that's G- because G- Brian Van Gorder G- can't coach. Gino Gadulli can't can't develop quarterbacks at Notre Dame. What evidence do we have about that? He's right. been here for, what, three months? Like, what evidence right. do you have about that? Right. And I'll tell you what, I was impressed with what I saw from the quarterbacks this spring. So, exactly. Um, it's like like Ronald Todd and some other people have had comments. They're like, hey, there's the, look, we're going to find some stuff out. And that's yeah. fair. That's yes. very fair. Because like I said before, every decision you have has consequences, especially in this era of open portal. And But you, you've got to do your – you've got to make your decisions with convictions, and then whatever happens, happens. But you make your decisions with convictions. You can't be afraid of failure. And I love the fact that Marcus Freeman and staff are not, hey, we're going to bring these kids in. And if you don't like it and you want to transfer and you want to compete, then you know what? You didn't really have what we what we think. And I'm not saying this about Tyler. I'm saying in general. Then you don't really have in you what we need to go out and win a championship. If you're not, yep. if you're going to quit on this battle, then you're probably not going to be the guy that digs deep in the fourth quarter on third and one when we need to stop against George in the playoffs. You're probably not that guy because it's too tough for you. And, 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 and you're just not someone I want in the trenches with me. You're going to find out the way that Marcus Freeman's going about talent acquisition. You're going to find out who's about that life at Notre Dame. And it's been a long time since we've been this because of Notre Dame under Brian Kelly, there's a lot of entitlement. You're a veteran. This is your job or, you know, and, and you'll get your chance. Don't worry. Marcus Freeman's creating an environment of you're, you're going to have to compete for your job, whether you're a fifth year senior or a freshman. And the best man's going to win. And Tyler Buckner was given that opportunity, and he didn't win it. Sam Hartman did. And Tyler's now got to do what Tyler's got to do. But it came from competition, and that's never a bad thing because Sam Hartman is going to be that guy that was battle-tested as a player and then also in this competition, and he will have earned the respect of his teammates because of it. There's no doubt. And had Tyler Buckner won the battle, he would have done the same thing. So I'm, I'm good. I'm good with where they are. I'm good with where they are. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Here's 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 one from uh, uh, this is a great name by the way. Love it. Oh, in Ninja Master. Love <laughs> it. It's is. awesome. Is it really the new coaches not getting not gelling with all these highly recruited juniors? Surprising and Freeman's co- surprising and Freeman's comments seem to not align with reality. So on, I'm going to ask for a follow up here because I'm just curious what you mean by his comments not aligning with reality i'm I'm just i'm not disagreeing with you there i just don't know what you're referring to there uh, i don't think it's about not gelling i don't i don't think there was any issue with gelling with tyler buckner quite the opposite actually i think tyler buckner's making a decision that he wants to play and he's not gonna you know somebody asked i think zach Felipe asked you know why is tyler's leaving if marcus freeman said that there's still a quarterback competition because tyler's not an idiot Tyler's a smart kid. Tyler looks and says, every time we had a scrimmage, this guy did that. And yes. the odds of me beating the guy out are just not. I'm making a business decision. I don't fault him. Again, there's a difference between disagreeing that it's the right decision and faulting him for that. I don't fault him for the decision, even though I don't agree with that. I don't fault him at all for it because he knew. He knew he was going to get beat out. He's not leaving because there's an issue. Tyler played hard for Coach Dooley and everything that I've, and every time somebody would ask, Gino Gadulli about Sam Hartman, he'd immediately start talking about Tyler right yeah. after talking about Hartman. Like, hey, don't discount him. Don't discount this guy. And so it's just Tyler got beat out and, and, and has a business decision to make. And it's not about not gelling. Uh, Lorenzo Styles did not gel with this position coach, but everyone else has. So am I to believe that the position coach had it out for him specifically for some unbeknownst reason? Or could it be that the un, that the person that was the problem was not the coach? Right. Right. And so I, there's other juniors that, I mean, Joe Rudolph seems to be ble- gelling pretty well. Marcus Reeves seems to be gelling pretty well with Audric Estime. Yep. Uh, seemed to be gelling pretty well with Joe Alt and Blake Fisher and a lot of the guys in that class. Just in the, But the reality is that's going to be true for every coach. You're going to have kids that don't click with you. You're going to have kids that don't gel, kids that don't make it. You know, like, like, I mean, it just the nature of the game. Jared Parker yeah. seems to be pretty gelling pretty well with Mitchell Evans. I guess I shouldn't. Mitchell Evans doesn't really count towards that because he wasn't highly recruited. But you get the the point that we're making here. So uh, I just I don't quite see it that way. And a lot of the kids, and here's the other thing too: a lot of the kids from that class are already gone. So, you know, I I just I don't think it's necessarily a a, a deeper 
a deeper issue than that, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I just think it's you're creating competition, and guys that are losing those competitions are leaving. That's happening all over college football right now. And not, not every player is going to pan out. I mean, you talk about the recruiting stuff, right? Like, yeah, awesome. We got all these high-ranked recruits. Not everyone's going to turn into what you thought they were going to be in high school. Like, that's just the fact of it. And that, that's not, again, that's not just a Notre Dame thing. I mean, Brian, I remember one year Alabama's number one recruit was a young man named by named Ben Davis at linebacker. Oh, yeah. I love what that did Ben kid. Davis ever do, man? He was a five-star. I mean, it well, happens they, all the time. Remember when they got Antonio time. Alfano and he was supposedly yes. the best player in the country and he did nothing? And we, got we, don't talk, we don't talk poorly of him because he's from New Jersey. Right. So what about that defensive poorly. lineman that they got? The uh, Inubi, forget his name. Oh, Aoma. Uh, yeah, he was a tie. Yeah. He and he's now going on what college number five? Something like that this year. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, it sometimes it just don't pan out, and it's sometimes it's look when 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 it's an issue is when you see something like what we saw with Dell Alexander a couple years ago. Like there was just like this mass exodus from his position group. That that's one you can say. Hey, there's a, clearly a problem there. Yeah. When one guy who gets beat out is leaving, it's not a coaching problem. And it's not always a player problem. There's no one to blame for Tyler Buckner um, not panning out at Notre Dame the way we hoped other than fate. Yep. And the injury he had as a sophomore combined with the COVID situation and as a senior in high school combined with the fact that he got hurt in game two. If, and I'll say it again. If Tyler Buckner doesn't get hurt against Marshall, Sam Hartman is either in the NFL at Wake Forest, or actually he wouldn't be at Wake Forest because I believe he told people before the season that this is going to be his last year. Wait, he'd either be yeah. in the NFL or he would have transferred somewhere else. He wouldn't be at Notre Dame. It's just that's the breaks. But that's par- also part of the reason why you needed to bring in Sam Hartman because you couldn't guarantee that Tyler, if Tyler came in and had a brilliant spring and was phenomenal and you didn't bring Sam Hartman in, you're like, man, he's he's the he's the stun we thought he was going to be, and he goes out there and he rips up Navy and he rips up Tennessee State and he just embarrasses NC State, and and they beat Ohio State, and they're 5-0, and and they're in the top four, and then, boom, he gets hurt against Duke, and he's out for the year. We've seen that a couple times already with him. Yeah. And now where, are you, now where are you? You're in the same boat that is if Sam Hartman, now that you are with Sam Hartman, if, but see, the difference is Sam Hartman doesn't have the same track record of, devastating injuries so um just the breaks sometimes it's unfortunate but there's no blame there's not there's not always blame sometimes there is blame but it's not always that sometimes it's just it's just football this is what happens when you when you when you can when you recruit really well and your talent acquisition is i mean the the level of talent acquisition that marcus freeman has, has brought to this program in the last two years in my opinion is outstanding and it's in we're seeing the transfer port. We're seeing with the transfer port with not bringing in a bunch, but the guys they are bringing in are guys that have potential to be impact players at what they're being asked to do. Thomas Harper, Sam Hartman, uh, Javante Jean Baptiste. You know, Brandon Joseph didn't pan out, but it made a ton of sense. It made a ton, of, made sense. ton of sense. Yep. And what happens is he doesn't play and in steps Xavier Watts and says, "I got this. You don't need to bring him back. I got this." And that's kind of. That's a good place to be, in my opinion. J.D. Bertrand and Maris Lufau and Jack Kaiser are fighting for their jobs this year. Because why? Because you got some really talented young players that Marcus Freeman has brought in that are competing with you. And if they still start, hopefully it's because they got better because they were forced to get better. So, um, but I mean, I, look, I get that we always want to have someone to blame. That's just the society we live in, and I understand that. And sometimes there is blame to be going out. But sometimes it's just that's football. And in this case, Ryan, I just that's my feeling. It's football. It's just yep. the reality of it. It sucks. I wish it would have stayed, but it's football. 
We had a question from Jason said, Brian, not that I want it, but do you feel CJ Carr has the tools to run the team as a true freshman? Yes. If he has to, do I think that CJ Carr has the arm talent, the athleticism and the mind and the leadership potential to, to play as a freshman? Yes, I do. Yeah. My only concern about CJ playing as a freshman, I have two experience and there's no, I mean, that's just the reality of it. And then two, Ryan, he's going to have a freshman body. And that's, that's all. I mean, Trevor Lawrence was six, five, 200, what? 205, 210 pounds as a freshman. Yeah. CJ Carr is six, two and a half, six, three. He's going to be like a buck 90, buck 95. Maybe he'll be able to hold up through the course, but that would be my only concern is the lack of experience, which there's nothing you can do about. And the fact that he's going to be a freshman and he's going to have a freshman body and you hope that he doesn't take much of a pounding, but do I think he has the tools to do that? Yes. But I'll go back to my original stance, Jason, and this is a very fair question. I just don't want to be in a situation where they have to play him as a freshman. Right. If CJ goes out there and wins the job, I'm going to be fired up because the best man won the job and he's going to have to play well to beat out Kenny Minchie and Steve Angeli. It's just that I don't want it to be a situation where he's playing because, well, who else are we going to play? Necessity versus, right. yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. If he earns yeah. it, great. And and it it wouldn't shock me if he starts as a freshman. I'm just not projecting it or expecting because it's just there just aren't a lot of quarterbacks to do that. There's not. I mean, there's just Trevor Trevor Lawrence is a unicorn. He's he's the he's the the oddity. Usually, when freshmen start, they're starting on bad teams, not on good yep. teams. And yeah, it's just kind of where where it is. So Brian, so the four quarterbacks that you talked about earlier that might go in the first round this year are probably top ten to fifteen in the in the twenty twenty three NFL draft. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, Will Levis, and Anthony Richardson. What do all those players have in common? None they of them played shirt when they freshmen. Yeah. They and all they fresh, fresh played nothing. If they did play, they played mop up duty. That's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Just happens, they're all, man. They're all pretty happens. good. And yes. of that group, Bryce Young's probably the closest comparison to CJ. You know, not the biggest body, you know, r- wicked smart, great mind. Like Bryce Young had the mind to play as a freshman. Yes. It's just his body wasn't ready yet, and they had Mac Jones. Yep. DJ Carr has the mind, and the and Bryce also had the arm talent. I mean, Bryce, like, he's he, very, very, very rare arm talent, in my opinion. But it's the size, right? That was, and that's the, it's when I say it's like what CJ Stroud needed development as a quarterback, as a freshman. Anthony Richardson needed a ton of court, he still needs a ton of quarterback as a freshman. Will Levis is a fifth year senior, it still needs a ton of development as a freshman. That's why I say the guy that you, you say most compares to Bryce Young is CJ Carr. I'm not saying CJ Carr is Bryce Young, I'm just saying <coughs> they're, <coughs> they compare, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. I mean, there's yeah. there's definitely some layers that make a little Excuse bit of me. sense there. I I, I get that yeah. one. I definitely get that one because they're well, you're comparing him to one of those four, to your point. But I mean, I right. again, I just come back to man, it's like Trevor Lawrence is an oddity. Like it just right. doesn't happen very often. <laughs> like right. you just mentioned Mac Jones. You know, Mac Jones also did. Right. He won a championship as a senior, as a redshirt senior, right. as a redshirt for um yeah, fifth year senior. Yeah. You know what he did as a freshman as well redshirted <laughs> like that's usually what happens man that's usually what happens with these kids so redshirted and sat for three years yes right yes. i mean and tua didn't get his chance really till halftime of the or second quarter of the championship game as a yeah. freshman yeah and it's I mean, even they, even they didn't want to play start. 
They didn't even want to play him as a freshman. I think that's a, that's a that's a sign of a healthy program, honestly, not having that guy have to step in and be that dude from day one. That's a healthy program, yeah. in my opinion. Yep. All right, let's get to some more uh, some more questions here. Here's an interesting one, Ryan, from uh, Zach Felipe. Zach says, is this why Tyler Buckner did not play well in the spring game, meaning that he was not mentally there? I, I, it's it's tough for me to know that, but I mean – you don't know when the decision I can't is say yes. made. Yeah. I can't say yes, Zach, but I also can't say no. And, um, you know, th- that's sort of the, where we are, Ryan, is is you're in the situation where three days after the spring game, he's in the portal. Yeah. I, I That decision seems like it's hard for me to believe that that decision was made post-Saturday. Yeah. Especially because Tyler's such yeah. a well thought out kid and everything, yeah. right? Very, yeah. yeah. So I mean, I could be wrong. Again, this is my opinion. I'm not stating facts. I'm not saying what happened. I'm not pretending I know something that I don't know. But I mean, I was told I was guy texted me before the show, but like I do I not get credit for this? But I was told on Saturday after the blue gold game that a guy came up and told me that it's ninety five percent the Tyler Buckner transfers. So man, I hope you're wrong. And that wasn't his opinion. That's kind of what he was hearing from some of his sources. Well, if he was, if he's hearing that, then that means that there was already, that was already out in the universe. It was being talked about already. Yeah. And, yeah. and then when it, it's kind of like this, when it's kind of like the Deshaun Kaiser Malik Zaire situation in 2016, once Deshaun came in and led the team right down the field in the touchdown. Now Malik was no longer competing against Texas. Malik yeah. was now competing against Deshaun. And that's just not where you want to be, especially when you find out later, that they didn't tell him that till the day before the freaking game, (laughs) you know? And so there was no preparation for it. And so for me, Ryan, I have to think that it was in his mind. And then once Sam leads him right down the field and scores, and then, you know, Tyler has the three and out. And it wasn't his fault. He's getting sacked. He had a miss. And then Sam comes right back down next year's bam, post route touchdown, you know, runs. and, And you're just like, now Tyler's like, okay, now I, Sam, think about it. Sam had led them on two touchdown drives, had made some great balls, great throws before Tyler was even on the field for a second series. Yeah. And now he's competing against that. I mean, so I think all of it was part is part of it, but I have a hard time believing that it wasn't in his mind, but I can't say that for sure. I really can't. And something I can't say expedites it too, Ryan, because he has no choice but to make a quick decision either because the portal ends on Sunday. Brian, I, I don't know if there's a difference. I don't know if there's a different process in, in in the shorter windows of entering the portal. But I thought that you had to like it took a few days for you actually get into the portal. Like I thought there was like a processing to like when you actually get into the portal. I could be wrong about that, but I thought there was like some type of few days to like show up in the portal. You know what I mean? Like I thought there was a processing like window. No, I mean I could be wrong about that. It's just because he, what we're hearing now doesn't necessarily mean that he's officially in. Right, just that. Uh, although I think that he is, because there's reports about him already taking visits and stuff. But it, it's really just about you talk to the school, you inform them, and the school has to, to take do whatever the, the the work is. I mean, if he put it in yesterday, then he would have done it today. But even if he just decided today, it's it's still, um, it's still like I, I mean, I, I'm not sure kind of what that process is, Ryan. I, yeah, I I'd have to look at that, but. Don't worry. It's I'll still, ask. I'll yeah. ask one of the thousands of guys that enter the portal. Yeah, somebody said like the school has two days to do it, but they don't have to wait two days though. 
Like that part, I know the school, the school has two days to do it, but they can do it right away if they want to. It, they're not forced to do it for two days. I don't believe. So I just, um, um, I, 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 I have a hard time not believing that it wasn't in his mind to a degree. And then if it sure. is in your mind and then Sam comes out and does what Sam does, it's just like, Oh my God, the pressure is on you now, big time. And he, he didn't handle it to a degree. Part of it was the team's help as well. So I, I got to read this one, Ryan. Okay. Bob, Bob Kalski, you're trying to make me sad, Bob. He says, hey, BD, there's an article on ESPN saying your favorite quarterback, Will Levis, might actually be going number one. It's fake news. Exactly. It. It's, it's, it's absolutely. News. But the fact that people are using him as the as the guy is just – it still blows my mind. It's so I funny. Just, I, there, there was a question about that one too. Guys, with this draft talk leading up to the draft, always remember where the source is coming from for some of these things. You know why this this flip of odds came? It was a Reddit post. <laughs> I think that's that's where this came from. I, I I'm about ninety nine point nine 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 percent positive that it's Bryce Young number one. But we'll yeah. see, we'll see on Thursday. So and if it's not him, who who would it be? Let's just say that they decide not to go with Bryce. I mean, is it? Is it probably it, would be Will Levis if it wasn't Bryce Young, though. Seriously, probably. because yeah, of that particular team. Will Levis is going to go second, be the second quarterback off the board. I think, based on what you're hearing. Yes, that's disgusting. If the Texans take a quarterback number two, I think it's going to be Will Levis. That's disgusting. And that's why certain teams are always picking in the top 10. Yes. That's terrible. Yes. I would take, I would take Hendon Hooker. I would take Tanner McKee. There's literally 10 quarterbacks I would take for Will Levis. Will (laughs) Levis sucks. Will Levis is a terrible, he is one of the most overrated quarterback prospects I've ever seen in my life. I don't disagree with that. I don't disagree with that at all. Like, he is bad. And the reason I would take Tanner McKee is because he can read a defense. That's why I would take Tanner McKee. So now, if I'm doing a bodybuilding competition, okay, sure, I'll take Will Levis. But he's one of the, he is one of the, the worst high-level, like, he's even worse than Kyle Wilson. And you know what my stance was on him Zach coming Wilson? out. Zach Wilson, yes. Mm. Kyle Wilson's a kid I coach at Defiance. You know what my stance <laughs> was on Zach Wilson coming out, Ryan. Yes. I was like, if that wasn't, but this is what the NFL does. They find this kid that has this crazy, they call it arm talent. I call it arm strength. There's a difference. And I say this, I still don't understand how, how after all these years, the NFL still sucks this bad at, at, at evaluating quarterbacks. I just, I'll never understand it. They're hoping just for Josh Allen 2.0, man. They're hoping for it. Constantly suck at drafting quarterbacks. Uh, it's just, it's blows my mind how you and and let's just say you don't love CJ Stroud. Okay. But how are you going to look at Will Levis and Anthony Richardson and convince yourself that Will Levis needs to be the guy? It, are, you, are you, impressed? His coffee. are you, are you, are you impressed by the fact that he's never, th- it's impressive to not ever throw for 3000 yards in a season. You know I mean? That guy's career high of passing yards is 2,812. That guy's thrown twenty-three interceptions the last two years. Say, well, you know, Sam Hartman's thrown, yeah, but Sam Hartman also has seventy-something touchdowns. This dude has forty-three. Yeah, and he played with an offensive coordinator last year in twenty-one that the Rams thought highly enough to hire as their offensive coordinator. He still couldn't. He's he's back now, baby. He's back now. Liam Cohen's back. I I think he. I mean, and I could just he can end up being the next Josh Allen, and I'm gonna look like an idiot. 
but I have no I have no problem saying that that this infatuation with Will Levis is one of the most mind blowing things I've seen since Jim Druckenmiller was taken in the first round. Like it is bad. I do not get it, and it's just why the NFL is hard to watch <laughs> because you're going to pass up some really good players to take freaking Will Levis. Will freaking Levis. That is so dumb. The NFL is also going to take Tyree Wilson. They're going to take Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson too, most likely. That's so dumb. So dumb. I mean, again, you want to bank on Anthony Richardson, whose numbers look very comparable to Will Levis's, then do that because he's in his third. He's a redshirt sophomore. Will Levis is a fifth-year player, and he still stinks. So I, I don't get that one. But, Bob, you, you accomplished it, man. You triggered me. I appreciate you, Bob. But, yeah, I just don't get that one, man. I just – I'll never understand that one. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Uh, Ty C says that according to Twitter, Tyler has a no contact transfer. I would assume he knows where he's headed. If he doesn't want to be contacted, I could be wrong. It's not that he de- that he definitely knows where he's going to be headed. He could, but I've I've reached I've talked to a couple people today that says he has a small list of schools he's interested in, and that's all he's interested in. I would assume Alabama will at least get a conversation from him, and and there's a report. I don't I haven't seen who it's from, but there's a report that he's going to go to Alabama as early as tonight. I don't know if that's accurate or not. We'll see. Maybe it is. I've heard TCU. I've heard Stanford as as possible options. So I think the no contact thing is I know the schools I'm going to look at, and it's these three or four schools. TCU and I don't need everybody else. Yeah, I don't need everybody else blowing up my phone because I know where I'm going to go. But that also usually means that there's been some kind of contact before he got into the portal. Oh, tampering's not a thing. It's not a yeah, thing. correct. Correct. It's ridiculous. <laughs> we have a super chat down here also, Ryan. From Patrick Tolan. Patrick, thank you so much. As coaches, our number one job is to put the team in the best position to win. Sometimes we are right, sometimes we are wrong. Them's the brinks. Yep. And and you do it, you whatever your decision is, have conviction about it. That's that's the reality of it. And that's the thing that it's uh that you see is there's a lot they make these decisions and then there's no conviction about it. You know, kid doesn't pan out right away and it's psh, you know what? Uh we we messed up. And then you know. <laughs> That tells me you didn't have conviction, right? It's almost like a bad thing, but you almost kind of want that team's going to keep. I'm going to keep. I think this guy is the guy. I'm going to keep doing what I need to do to keep this guy. Yeah. I, was like, I think the Giants did that with Daniel Jones. They were convicted. They were convicted that he was the guy. And the minute he showed any kind of promise, they give him a monster contract. That tells me they were convinced that he's going to be that guy, even though there's not a ton of evidence that he's what they think he is. 
New York Giants, welcome to quarterback purgatory, my friends. It'll be fun. Yeah. Somebody said Chance Nolan just transferred to TC, so don't think that. Trust me, uh, (laughs) TCU is going to look at at, uh, Tyler Buckner as an upgrade over Chance Nolan. Chance Nolan just got – he lost his job to a pretty average quarterback this past season. So Yeah, yeah. Chance Nolan is uh, through seven touchdowns and eight interceptions last year as a a third or fourth-year player. So – yeah, I don't. I don't think Chance Nolan is a guy that's, and he's not the runner. And I think the thing about Tyler and TCU's offense is they want a guy that can run. I don't know if I love the fit for TCU. To be honest with you, I don't love that fit. It'd be interesting, but I don't love that fit. Uh, but I, uh, I don't think Chance Nolan would be the reason Tyler Buckner doesn't pick them. In my opinion, I think it'd be more of a. I don't think the fit is right. Stanford would make a ton of sense to me. It really, I mean, of all the options I've heard for Tyler, I think that makes the most sense. As long as you're okay not playing on a good team. I, yeah. I, I, boy, I'll tell you what, it'll get really interesting in that Alabama room if they take him and make him the starter. Cause you're going to be like, you're just handing that guy the starting job. Yep. Yeah, there's no, he's going to have to compete in the fall and summer and fall with Ty Simpson, Jalen Milrow and, and Dylan Lonergan for the starting job. There's no way you can hand him that job. And if you and if he ends up starting, it's like I mean I think he could beat those guys out, but it's not a guaranteed, yeah. you know. So, um, and yeah, I don't I don't know if I like that one, the Bama the, one. I mean, it makes guys, sense because guys of are younger too. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, Ty Simpson's are going to be a redshirt freshman this year. Yeah, and I think Miller's only a Tyler. redshirt sophomore. I think so. Yeah. They're like the same age, right? I mean, so yeah, Washington. yeah, yeah. So I will right, we'll see. Which we'll is see. weird because I mean, if you you would sit one year at Notre Dame and the potential be the starter, if you go to Alabama and get beat up by Ty Simpson, you're never going to play. So, Correct. Yeah. Correct. All those guys have multiple years. You're taking a big gamble going to Alabama. Yeah. So you said stay in Notre Dame. That's what I would do. So anyway, we'll see. Here's here's one, Ryan. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask this one because I want you to answer it. How okay. short is the, this? Is from Josh Buffo, the motivational business banker. Thanks, Josh. How short is the leash at linebacker this year with all the young talent behind them? Josh, I mean, I, I feel like there's two answers to this question. How short How short should the leash be, and how short is the leash actually going to be? Like, that's my hesitation going into this year. I, we saw what Nolan Ziegler could do. We saw what Drake Bowen could do. We saw what Jalen Snead could do throughout the spring and in the blue and gold game in most cases. Even saw what some of what Preston Zinter could do, although I'm not saying Preston Zinter should start as a freshman. That's not what I'm saying. But we saw what the young guys can potentially do, and we saw last year that there are – inconsistencies at the linebacker spot. You know, J.D. Bertrand's going to play, and he should, right? He, he should. He's been playing for multiple years. He's been productive. Maris Whitefell's a guy that should have a short release this year. They should. Yeah. If he's not playing good football, there's other options that should be on well, the I table. Don't, I just don't think he should start at all. I think his leash should have already been tugged. Uh, and, and I think you're doing a disservice to Marist by throwing him out there as a starting linebacker. My thing is find a role for him in your in your nickel packages, your niche packages, and things like that, and let him just say, here's your job, go do it. But, I mean, I saw nothing from him in the open practices and nothing in him from the blue-gold game that makes me think he's all of a sudden going to become the impact guy that we thought he was going to be. And I hope – I'm look, I'm always looking for it because he's got the tools. I just – I don't see it. I just – I don't see it. Yeah. Somebody asked Caleb Burton from Ohio State's in the portal. Somebody asked if I would look at him. I would not. I, I I don't I don't think he's better than the guys you brought in. To be honest with you, he was a kid that went to Ohio State. He's a he'll be a redshirt freshman this year. Has apparently dealt with some injuries. 
he was very highly ranked coming out. I thought he was a little overrated, to be honest with you. I liked Keon Graves and, and uh, Caleb Brown a little better than him, to be honest with you. And then, of course, Cardinal Tate and Brandon Ennis are definitely better than him. I, I don't see him being an upgrade over the guys that Notre Dame has. I think he'd get buried a little bit. And if they want to look at him, he, he's a good football player, right? If Notre Dame looked at him, don't get me wrong, he's a good football player. I just don't think he moves the needle for you. It's, it's probably a better way of saying it. It's not that he's yeah. not good. He's a, He was a top 100 to 150 guy for me. He just wasn't the top 50 borderline five-star that some people had him to be. Uh, so he's not that. But he's a good football player. I just don't think he moves the needle. And I don't think that's a position where – I'm bringing in a younger transfer. I I just coach and and Notre Dame loves their younger players, so I don't I don't think there's a desire to rock the boat on that one either. I I, I don't so rock rock the boat. Yeah. Don't hit the boat. Over. Yep. Here we go. Let's see here. Here's a here's an interesting question from Stephen Goodson. Stephen Goodson says, "Mailbag. Besides quarterback in two plus years, is Notre Dame a national championship team?" I don't. I mean, look, Notre Dame hasn't won a championship since 1988. So really, yeah. I can't say that they're a national championship team until they prove that they are. Yeah. Do I think that Notre Dame has a chance in the next two years to have the kind of roster makeup and and combined with some other teams that are perennial contenders, not necessarily having a typical strong year? Yes, I think so. And that's why this year's so unique. And I don't. I, I think a lot of Notre Dame fans keep looking at like next year's team and what may come back and all that kind of stuff. And I understand where you're coming from, but here's the reality of it. Next year, Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia, and Clemson are all most likely going to have returning quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks. This year, none of them have a returning starting quarterback. And none of them have a natural replacement to start except for Clemson if, with Cade Klubnik. But like – Carson Beck's not like, I mean, he's probably the guy, but he's not some, okay, you're, you, you, you know, you lose, you lose um, Dwayne Haskins and you replace him with Justin Fields. You know, it, it's not that you lose Deshaun Watson and, you know, you go through a bridge year with Kelly Bryant and then here comes Trevor Lawrence. It's not that he's not that. I just, this is your, this is a, you've got a window right now. Take advantage of it. Yeah. Now the the margin for error for a championship is still small. It's getting wider though, and that's why I look at it and say, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not looking at next year. I want to see them do everything they need to do to win this year. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to see. All right, Ryan, any thoughts on that? I know we got to wrap up here soon because you got to run. Yeah. Uh, any anything you want to add to this? No, I mean, I think they, I think they'll have a opportunity to compete for a national championship. But again, like I haven't ever seen a national championship in my lifetime. So, I mean, yeah. you're asking me to bet on something that I haven't seen, right? So they got to like, prove it. Yeah. yeah they got to exactly. prove it. Uh, last, you got time for two more, Ryan, or do you got yeah, it? Okay. So I want to, I want to get one here from Katie Keevers and one from Crystal Rose. So I'm going to bring this one up from, uh, from Katie. Cause I want to get your thoughts on these last two as well. Okay. Katie says, how much better does Hartman make the receivers? Felt like it didn't matter who was playing in the spring game. He was going to get the ball in the right spot. I mean, that's very spot on, Katie. Yes. <laughs> and, and, but that's kind of why you brought him in. I mean, that's what we felt he did. It. And he had good receivers at Wake Forest. I, you and I are both big A.T. Perry fans. But yep. he, may, he allowed A.T. Perry to be the best version of himself because of the way he threw the ball to him. He lifted up some other kids that maybe weren't as good as A.T. Perry or not as athletic as a Donovan Green. And because of his ability – spread the ball around. I mean, his numbers overall weren't as great last year, but one of the things I loved about Sam Hartman last year, Ryan, 
was how effectively he spread spread the ball around last yeah. year. I mean, the year before he threw for over four thousand yards. Last year he didn't, but the year before, At Perry and and Jacory Robertson were both over a thousand yards. Taylor Morin was at six hundred, and then Keyshawn Williams is at four hundred. Yep. So you had four guys that were over four hundred yards last year. You only had one guy over a thousand, but you had five guys over five hundred and fifty yards. At Perry had a thousand ninety six. Donovan Green was over six hundred. Jamal Banks was over six hundred. Taylor Morin was a five seventy five. Keyshawn Williams is a 5.53. He does a great job of spreading the ball around, and it's just like, look, I'm reading the defense. I'm going to get the ball where it needs to go to. So get open. And yeah. that's what I love about this is, like, if you're a receiver at Notre Dame, I don't care. And, and he showed this in the game you were talking about, Ryan. If you're the third or fourth or receiver, you better freaking run your route because you are gonna you may get the ball. Last year we saw the third and fourth options just jogging off the line half the time, especially during the season, because they knew they weren't going to get the football. You That's not the case with Sam Hartman. If you're running, if you have a route option, you need to expect the football. And I love that. I think that's, that makes the receivers the better. Side. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we, we saw an example of it, Katie. Like you saw the backside in cut to Matt Salerno. You saw, or the, sorry, it wasn't David backside. Sherwood. It was, yeah, David Sherwood. And then it was a post stop for a guy, for Matt Salerno on the yeah. backside. Like that's evidence that if you are open, Sam Hartman's usually going to find you, yeah. man. Like he's a good processor. He's played a lot of yeah. football games, and that matters. Hundred percent matters. And he's not going to lock in on his guy. Like yes. he didn't do. I mean, yes, At Perry was his number top guy, but he he was going to read the defense out and get the ball where it was going to needed to get to. Yep. And he, here's the last one that I thought was kind of interesting, Ryan. Uh, from from Crystal Rose. Crystal says, "Do you see a scenario where Tyler Buckner transferring uh, helps Notre Dame's future quarterback room?" Um, future. No. What you mean as far as like the guys getting more developmental time, I guess. Yeah. I'll say future room. Here's what I think. I don't know if I can say yes or no to this crystal, but I I, I have a feeling I I might know where you're going with this one. And, and I, and I think the answer is yes with that thought process. I think what this does is this potentially opens up a faster path to the field for CJ Carr. That's what I think this does. Yeah. Because CJ is going to come in. So in 2024, if Tyler stayed, CJ comes in and he's sitting in 2024. Maybe he's the backup, plays mop-up role. But he's also probably sitting in 25 unless Tyler just blows up and goes pro, right? I mean, do we we agree on that? I mean, unless Tyler just stunk in 24. Tyler Buckner's a starter a whole year in 24. He's probably going to be a starter a whole year in 25, barring injury. What I think this does now is this speeds up the process for CJ. Maybe he's not the starter in 24, but you're now in a path where you have he's got a good shot at being that guy in 25. Now, again, if Kenny Minchie wins a starting job next year, then it, it may not. But I think Kenny Minchie is one year as a starter, is not as locked in as year two of Tyler Buckner, in my opinion, based on their age and development and things like that. And similarity in style of play. Kenny Minchie and CJ Carr – a lot more similar than Kenny Minchie and than CJ Carr and Tyler Buckner. Yeah. So I think what this could do is speed that process up. I also think it forces Kenny Minchie to expedite his it's time to compete mindset. One of the knocks I heard about Kenny Minchie this spring is they just want to see him have a little bit more urgency in how he goes about his business. Well, if you're Kenny Minchie, why why do I need to have urgency? You can tell me until I'm blue in the face and I'm competing for a starting job. Guys, it's freaking Sam Hartman and Tyler Buckner. Like I'm not, I'm not starting a quarterback right this year, right? So I'm, I'm just trying to learn and all that. Now you take Tyler out of the equation, and it's like, hey, Kenny, 
you're now battling to be that guy that's a snap away from being the starting quarterback in Notre Dame. He's got to have some urgency now. So in that regard with, with Kenny and with CJ, I do think this speeds up their potential arrival in the starting lineup. So, in, but I don't know if I would call that helping the quarterback room, but more of a, it, it, it creates more opportunities sooner for the younger players. Is that a fair way of putting that, Ryan? Yep. And and what the impact of that of that is? Yes. Whether that helps or not, I don't know. Because <laughs> yeah. it depends on how they play, right? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 gonna be interesting because I mean things can get expedited a little bit for some guys, right? But like Kenny was always gonna be a guy that I think needed a year, right? I mean, he's gonna still have a year with Sam Hartman yes. in the building, but like he missed half of his senior year. Right, right. And I mean, physically, like, I mean, he's a pretty thick kid for a freshman. I think he's like 215 pounds or so. But like, still, I mean, the natural maturation of getting bigger, getting stronger, you know, acclimating to the game, like getting some of the baby fat off, putting good weight back on, like all that stuff matters. So the maturation, I think, is going to still be linear. Like, I I don't think it's going to change the development as much because Sam Hartman's still going to get all the first team reps, right? But like, one thing it does is that Gino Gadouli now has one less guy to really hone in on every day. Like, that's one thing. And there's a chance that, look, starting quarterback usually gets 60 to 70% of the reps in practice, right? Well, if Tyler Buckner's here, Kenny Minchie's playing scout team. There's a chance now, if he he looks at this as a competition now, if he beats out Steve Angeli, he's now the guy getting that 30 to 40% snaps in practice. Right. And with Sam Hartman being your starting quarterback, it's probably going to be closer to 40. Because sure. you don't need to give Sam 70% of the snaps once you get into the season. You know who he is. Let's get yeah. Kenny some work, make sure he's ready to go if we need him, right? So in that regard, it it, it expedites the process quite a bit, Ryan. It really, you know, it really does. Yes. I think you're right. And, you know, yes, he's still the backup, but those practice reps are going to be a whole lot different now. Whereas if Tyler Buckner was here, he's a scout team player. There's right. barring injuries, a scout team player. Yep. So it's it's going to be interesting. So anyway, Ryan, that, that's going to do it for us today. Hey, everybody, really appreciate all the questions, all the engagement. Really, really fun show today. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. We're going to break down the ESPN Football Power Index tomorrow, where Notre Dame was ranked, where Notre Dame should be ranked, uh, where other teams were ranked. We're just going to really kind of dive into it, have a little bit of fun uh, about that tomorrow. So we'll be ready for that. And then, of course, Thursday night, excuse me, Thursday we'll be back and we'll do sort of a draft Notre Dame draft preview on our show. And we'll talk about some other topics, but we'll talk about that as well. Uh, may have some recruiting news on Thursday. We'll, we'll, we'll have to see. So maybe maybe be on the lookout for that. And then, of course, Thursday night, we're going to have the live draft show. We're going to have live draft coverage on the CFP Nation channel. So make sure you are subscribed to that on YouTube as well. Definitely want to check that out. And then, of course, Friday, we'll be back for our mailbag. So uh, thanks for being with us today, everybody. Make sure you sign up for the message boards at boards.oshbreakdown.com. Tons of great conversation. We have a lot of people signing up this week. We'll give you all the intel. I mean, there's a lot of recruiting news that, that people are hearing about today that that we had a couple days ago or yesterday. So we definitely want to have that as well. So make sure you're locked into the message board at boards.oshbreakdown.com. Thank you all so much for being with us. Oh, uh, another little programming note. Sean Stiers will have the IB Nation Sports Talk Show tonight at, at 6. He'll have one tomorrow at 6. Thursday, we're taking over that slot. So there will be no IB Nation Sports Talk on Thursday because we're going to have the CFP Nation show. And then Friday, Sean's going to be off at all. Off. Uh, as well. So no rapid fire on Friday either. So definitely stay locked into that. So for Ryan, I'm Brian. Everybody have a great rest of your day and we'll see you again soon on the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.